2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
3: Los Angeles Chargers have to fire Brandon Staley now, right? Also, this weekend's slate has games with heavy NFL playoff implications.
1: I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: A 63-21 to loss for the Los Angeles Chargers because they're just kind of evidence right now that when it rains, it indeed pours. Here to break it all down is Daniel Wade, co-host over at Locked on Chargers Daily Podcast. Keep you up to date with everything going on with the Los Angeles Chargers. Dan, uh, 63-21, to man, I got to ask you straight up, is this simply the most embarrassing loss in Los Angeles Chargers franchise history?
0: yeah it is i mean frankly put like that that is what it is like if you lose by 42 to a division rival even with your backup quarterback uh, it is i mean and that's you know with a team that just had you know one of the most embarrassing playoff losses in nfl history so to follow that up with this it's almost unimaginable like i not that i thought the charge would look good without justin herbert right but like to see it go down like this against a division rival and especially for the defense, right? Two offensive touchdowns basically given up by Easton Stick and company, right? So not all on the defense, but the defense gave up a lot of that, right? And the defense wasn't missing Justin Herbert. So to have this performance with your, your season kind of already in a tailspin, I, I think it just reeks of, hey, this thing has to change, like burn it down because this is what it looks like right now. And this is truly unacceptable.
3: Yeah, and defense is set to be head coach Brandon Staley's kind of calling card. We're recording this right after the game. How surprised would you be if Brandon Staley is no longer the Los Angeles Chargers head coach come Friday morning?
0: Man, I mean, the Chargers don't do it, right? Like, that's that's what's important to know here is the Chargers haven't fired a coach midseason since 1998, and it was Kevin Gilbride, and it was with Ryan Leaf who had one touchdown and 16 mm-hmm. turnovers through six games, right? Mm-hmm. So, like they never do it that being said this would be the least surprised i've been all season long there's been a couple of really bad losses where you wondered if this would be enough this is a prime time game against a division rival and you allow 63 points so like i didn't think it would happen this season i didn't think it would happen in season But, man, I really don't know. I know that's not the sexy answer, but, like, it it feels like this is what it would take, right? Like, if it was going to happen, if they were going to change the way they've always done things, it would take something like this. I don't know how you could feel confident that anyone is safe on, you know, Friday morning in this case, right, when you have a performance like this.
3: Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And and you made reference to it earlier that this is kind of who this team is now without – Justin Herbert. I mean, Easton Sick coming in to be the starting quarterback there through just about as many touchdowns to the opposing team as he did uh, to his own. Is this kind of just what life is like without Justin Herbert for the rest of the season? Or do you think that there's something uh, worth kind of pursuing here on that Chargers offense?
0: Man, like it, it doesn't feel like there's any way it could have been put on a platter for the country to see how important Mm. Justin Herbert is, man. Like he should get MVP votes because (laughs) of how this game went. Like it, it, just seeing it that laid bare, right. Seeing the holes in this roster laid bare the way that we did seeing what this team looks like without Justin Herbert kind of holding things together. Right. Like it was startling because I thought it would be bad. Like I said, I didn't think it would be this bad. Justin Herbert is that important to this team but like one of the things we're going to talk about on locked on chargers is like taking the tank too far because the thing is is like being bad was always good for the chargers over the last four games of the season it didn't help them to win any more games with the playoffs out of the picture and their franchise quarterback hurt right the problem is is like how much less attractive does this job look after a performance like that Mm. right how much further away does this team look after a job like that does bill belichick think he could turn that around does Jim Harbaugh think he could turn that around? Like, mm. I think they took it too far. It, it was good for them to lose, but losing like that, I mean, I don't know who would want to sign up for this right now.
3: Yeah, and one of the things that would make that job still so attractive are the proven veterans that they have on that team. But with a loss like this and without the the, the franchise quarterback for you know the rest of the season, is there a chance that maybe even that part gets complicated and maybe some of those veterans start to jump ship over the offseason?
0: Absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, unequivocally, yes. The one that jumps to mind has to be Khalil Mack, right? Uh, the Thank Athletic you. put out a great article a couple of weeks ago about how Khalil Mack, after the game against the Jaguars last year with the Chargers, blew a 27-0 lead, contemplated retirement, right? And, and a lot of that had to do with how he was playing, and this year, obviously, he's playing much better. He has 15 sacks this year, but like, why would how do they, you know, get him to want to come back to this team? Like, how do they prove to someone like Khalil Mack, who, you know, maybe has a year or two left after this year, that this is the place for him to go chase a ring. Like, it's never looked as far away as it has Then right now. He would be the guy I'd be most concerned about. Like, Hey, will he demand a trade? It doesn't really seem like he's that kind of guy that would do that right? Ultimate team guy. But like, how could you blame him? How could you blame him if he just asked to be released? from this team so he can go chase that right like he would be the guy I would look at where it's like hey he has one season left under contract can you sway him to come back to this team can you make a big enough splash with your head coaching hire your potential GM hire right to want to you know get this guy to buy in for one more go around with this team because after this performance like I think everything's on the table and for a guy already contemplating retirement this doesn't help
3: Stay up to date all year on the Los Angeles Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Chargers on your favorite podcast provider and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up next, the Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills are set to face off on Sunday. But first, the Los Angeles Dodgers are building the Avengers. We are into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and much more. There's also a lot of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunity to increase your your payment. This week, the New Orleans Saints are inexplicably six point favorites over the New York Giants this Sunday. That might be a spread worth looking into. And now you can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On and the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Los Angeles Dodgers made waves this past weekend by signing superstar Shohei Ohtani to a 10-year, $700 million contract. Shohei, I'll, I'll take a little bit of that if you got it going around, buddy. On Thursday, the Dodgers also agreed to a trade with the Rays that would send Tyler Glassnow to L.A. The deal is contingent on Glassnow, signing an extension with the Dodgers, which can come as early as today. Los Angeles Clippers forward Paul George is listed now as day to day with a hip injury. George, who has struggled with injuries throughout his career, has played every game this season so far up until he was ruled out last night against the Warriors. Former Jacksonville Jaguars employee Amit Patel is facing up to 30 years in prison and up to a $300,000 fine after he pled guilty to stealing more than $22 million from the Jags over a four year period. And the Detroit Lions are going to be getting back one of their best defensive players in star safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Gardner-Johnson had a torn pectoral muscle back in Week 2 and has been on injured reserve ever since. But now the Lions are going to be super excited to get him back as they have allowed 25 or more points in five straight games, the longest active streak in the NFL.
2: Here is another story you
3: need to know. Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills set for the national stage Sunday afternoon should be an absolute blast and this is going to be an absolute blast breaking it all down with my good friend Marcus Mosher co-host over at Locked on Cowboys which you can find free and available wherever you get your podcast here on the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day Marcus obviously a huge game coming up on Sunday the Dallas Cowboys matching up with a Buffalo Bills team that has looked a little bit more vulnerable than they have in the recent past Uh, what are you looking at for this matchup in terms of the the deciding factor uh, in Dallas being able to maintain this big run they've gone on here recently.
1: It's can the Cowboys contain Josh Allen. I know mm. the season's been a little bit up and down for him with some of the turnovers, not all his fault, but it's a very hit or miss offense. But Josh Allen is terrifying. We saw some of the plays <laughs> that he made against the chiefs last week. I, the Cowboys haven't played a quarterback like him all season long. It's clear Jalen hurts. just is not that mobile quarterback anymore. As a Cowboy fan, I am terrified of Josh Allen this weekend.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a a big-time matchup. What is it that the Dallas Cowboys need to do specifically in order to be able to uh, maybe neutralize a little bit of that impact or at least make it absorbable, right? Because you're not going to get rid of it.
1: No, Josh Allen's going to make plays. You just have to limit the amount of big plays that he makes. And I'm looking at Dan Quinn, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, he defaults to being aggressive. They, The Cowboys stunt more than any other team in the league. We saw them blitz a ton last week against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Can they be a disciplined defense, get pressure with the front four, keep Josh Allen inside the pocket? That's what I want to see. Uh, we know that this defense loves to try to get after the quarterback, but blitzing Josh Allen isn't always the smartest thing to do because he can get outside the pocket and make plays with his arms and his legs. I want to see what does Dan Quinn try to do to neutralize Josh Allen in this game.
3: Now, while the Dallas Cowboys try to ward off the former MVP candidate uh, you know type of performance from Josh Allen, they've got a big-time MVP candidate. In fact, our friends over at Fando have Dak Prescott as the favorite to win MVP. How refreshing is that to see and how encouraging is that to see from a quarterback that's been a little bit embattled in the city of Dallas?
1: Yeah, not only does FanDuel have Dak to be the MVP, they've also got Micah Parsons to be the defensive player of the year. Ooh, so shout-out to busy our friends. season. <laughs> yeah, shout-out to our friends at FanDuel for those odds. Um, yeah, this is the best I've, I've ever seen Dak play. He's mm-hmm. comfortable in the offense. The offensive line is healthy. They're giving him plenty of time to throw the ball. He's passed basically every test uh, this year. The only one that he hasn't passed yet – is going on the road against a really good opponent and winning there. We saw against the 49ers this year, played really bad, uh, the, you know got blown out in that game. Against Philadelphia, he actually played well. The Cowboys did not win that game against the Eagles. I want to see him go to Buffalo in colder weather, a windy stadium, go out and have a really solid game, keep the offense on track, because if he does, I expect the Cowboys to win this one.
3: Do you have an idea of what it is that's sort of
1: been the switch that's flipped for Dak? Yeah, it's just getting him into a rhythm earlier in these. We've seen over the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys take the ball on the first possession, go right down the field and score. And I think it's a lot because of Mike McCarthy's play calling. They're just not running the ball as much on first down. And on second down, they're getting decks some easy passes to help him get into a rhythm. And then you're starting to see the offense open up. You get the defense on their heels, take shots down the field to Jake Ferguson and to Brandon Cooks. I've got to give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. I think he's done a wonderful job of making Dak feel comfortable in this offense where some of the other coordinators and some of the other head coaches in Dallas didn't always do that. Yeah, a little bit of complimentary football ain't never
3: hurt nobody. So when you look at where the Dallas Cowboys are headed into the playoffs, as you know, Marcus, there are going to be – There are going to be the people that are going to point back to the struggles in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. How confident are you that this Dallas Cowboys team will be different this postseason?
1: (laughs) I feel confident that they are a better team than what we've seen over the last couple of years because the offense is better, the offense is more consistent, and Dak is playing better. However, I have a hard time believing that they're going to get past – kind of the second round because everything points to them playing this ridiculous 49ers team where I don't see the 49ers losing in the playoffs, assuming they're healthy. They match up so well against the Cowboys because they can run the ball. They can use play action on offense and they've got this absolutely loaded front seven. I know it sounds like a little bit of a cop-out, but this is such a better team than last year, but I won't be surprised if they don't go any further in the playoffs.
3: Stay up to date all year long on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Cowboys wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Coming up, a battle between the first and fourth seeds in the AFC.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: It's a matchup befit for its Sunday night prime time schedule. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens will be battling near the top of the AFC. Here to help break down how important this game is, is Locked on Jaguars host Tony Wiggins. Tony, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars as well as the Baltimore Ravens squaring off on Sunday night football. Just how massive would a win be for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they jostle for their playoff positioning atop the AFC?
4: It gives them their mojo back. They've Mm -hmm. lost two in a row to AFC North teams uh, that have backup quarterbacks. In fact, uh, Cleveland had a fourth string uh, quarterback, Joe Flacco, and they've lost those games. The importance of this is this. They lost those games when they had a chance uh, on Monday night, the first one, to be the uh, AFC leader, Mm -hmm. uh, if you will, for playoff uh, home field. And uh, ironically, now Baltimore's coming to Jacksonville – With that same designation, they are the number one seed right now that controls their own destiny. If the Jaguars beat them, it means that they can finally say that they won a game at home for the first time in a while. And then the other thing is that they can actually go out and put a good game plan together and beat a really, really good team. Because right now, folks are a little bit down on them around here.
3: Yeah, they get the opportunity here to go from spoiled to spoiler here for the Baltimore Ravens. And in order to do that, they're probably going to need another big game from franchise quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's battled injury here recently, hasn't always looked like himself since he's tried to come back for that high ankle sprain. How's his progress going and what do you expect from him in this matchup against Baltimore?
4: Well, Trevor's a gamer, so I expect him to come out and he's going to try everything. And sometimes trying everything is a little bit too much because last week there was a lot of miscommunication with wide receivers that led to three interceptions, which was three of their four turnovers, which actually offset the three turnovers that they created. And Mm -hmm. they lost another close game because of it. He's going to come out and he's going to be Trevor Lawrence. The key is, who is he going to throw it to? And are those guys going to be ready? And have they fixed their communication issues this week?
3: Yeah, it's going to be big. And now uh, atop the AFC South at eight and five, Hot on the heels, the Indianapolis Colts at seven and six, and the Houston Texans at seven and six. Is this division in the AFC South a little bit more competitive than you expected, Tony?
4: Well, it is, and and one of the reasons is Tennessee. The Jaguars have four games. They have Baltimore, so even if they end up in a tie somehow with Indy and Houston, uh, mainly Indy, if they end up in a tie. They still own the tiebreaker by virtue of the division record, right? Mm -hmm. But here's what happened. We just witnessed Tennessee go to Miami and beat one of the higher-seeded teams. So now that's one of the remaining four games. That game's not a gimmick. So if they end up losing this week and end up in a tie with Indy, they would own the tiebreaker. But then you're looking at Tennessee and you're looking at Tampa, two teams – Tennessee's just going to try anyway to beat Jacksonville because that's what they're going to try to do. But Tampa is fighting for their playoff lives in their division as well. So now those games down the stretch don't seem like easy wins.
3: Now, last one for you here as we take a look at just sort of the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole, as well as their kind of standing within the great city of Jacksonville. Jacksonville has not always had a lot to root for when it comes to football. They had a really nice run uh, almost 10 years ago already uh, deep into the playoffs. How meaningful would a deep playoff run be for this Jacksonville Jaguars team for the city of Jacksonville here in 2023?
4: Well, what it would mean is it would mean the first time that they've had two uh, consecutive years of Mm -hmm. playoff football. So that would be good. And then it will allow this current administration to sort of look at the last two years in a vacuum. They could go, look, we made the playoffs two years in a row in the first two years of the Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke, Trevor Lawrence administration, if that's what you want to call it. The the the, the part of that that's bothersome is they were two and seven after nine games last year. They go on a massive run. Right. And then they were eight and three this year. And now they hit. Hard times and let's just say they only win one or two games down the stretch and they end up with nine and eight or ten and seven They can still go and say look we made it two years in a row but it feels a little bit differently because The end of the year kind of went downward and there are gonna be a lot of questions a lot of questions coming up in the offseason about What they need to do to improve and if they need to move on from some people on the staff to get to that next level
3: Let me actually ask you one thing on top of that, the idea of they need to do the things they need necessary to improve. What's the biggest thing that this Jacksonville Jaguars team could do to improve no matter how this season ends up over the course of the offseason?
4: they got to fix the trenches on the offense and the defensive line. They have some questions in the interior of the defensive line, and they have questions in the interior of the offensive line, too. I think they have enough players with uh rookie first round pick anton harrison along with a combination of walker little and cam robinson who will be under contract they just have to keep him healthy at tackle the question is on the interior where luke fortner has struggled at center in his second season and and he's just not very strong brandon sheriff hasn't really lived up to it and they don't really have a left guard that's going to be under contract even though they traded for ezra cleveland if they could get him back they have to, at some point, do what really good teams do, and that is you've got to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage so you can control the game. When things aren't going your way, the one thing you can always do is push people around. They can't do that right now, and they also can't protect Trevor Lawrence, and they're forcing him to get rid of the ball really, really quick because if he doesn't, he's going to be in trouble. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored
3: 64 points on Wednesday night and then proceeded to sprint into the Indiana Pacers tunnel to retrieve the game ball, which he thought the Pacers had taken back to their locker room. So after causing a scene, sprinting into the tunnel, yelling at a Pacers coach and star Tyrese Halliburton, Giannis did indeed get the game ball, which turns out was in the Bucs locker room the entire time. Locked on has launched the first national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering all the top sports stories with the local experts of locked on and the national shows covering each and every league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next locked on sports today, the NFL playoff picture is looking more clear. So at least in